Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And welcome back to Time Out of Mind, a Steely Dan spelunking journey. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, bring a, uh, your lighted torch because we are traveling into the depths of Spain. We are visiting the caves of Altamira. The caves of Ibiza. <laughs> so uh, let's start at the top here. This is our first foray into the illustrious the album. Scam. The Roy- <laughs> so the Royal Scam. The fifth studio album by American rock band Steely Dan, produced by none other than Gary Katz. Who else? And released by ABC Records in 76, baby. 1776? Uh, Something famous happened in 1776. Uh, Jimmy Carter? <laughs> America happened. Jimmy Carter? Oh, 17. America happened in 1776. But in 1976, other things were happening, including, yes, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter happened. Jimmy Carter was whack. Did this album cause Jimmy Carter? <laughs> uh, what I can tell you about this album is that it features more prominent guitar work than prior Steely Dan albums. Uh, and the guitarists on this are include Walter Becker, Danny Diaz, the famous Larry Carlton, Elliot Randall, and Dean Parks. So if you have not seen the album artwork of this, it, is, uh, it shows a man in a suit sleeping on a radiator and apparently dreaming of a skyscraper beast hybrid. Um, yeah, like imagine, imagine if you will, picture if you will, a picture of if Godzilla fucked a skyscraper. Rage! <laughs> and then did it again and again. He went back, Jack. And again, at least I think three, possibly up to five to seven times, depending on how you look at this album cover. It does, uh, and, and then those monster building hybrids were uninterested except for watching a man sleep. They weren't even. They didn't seem like they were very interested in those guys. But and, they, and then in the upper left hand corner, two fellas from New York decided to use roughly the impact font <laughs> and write the words "Steely Dan, the Royal Scam," and then add a slight shadow to it. Uh, it, the artist was a guy, it was an abstract expressionist by the name of Zox. Uh, the photograph was taken by Charlie Gantz, and it was originally created for Van Morrison's unreleased 75 album, The Mechanical Bliss, but it was not that blissful because that never came out. But uh, Donald and Walter have gone on record to say that this is the most hideous album cover of the 70s, bar none, excepting perhaps Can't Buy a Thrill. We'll let you choose. Uh, what the most hideous is but it's pretty gross i'll give a hot take here perhaps that this is not even steely dan's second worst album cover of the 70s i think this album cover is cool and i think it sets the mood for the album you know what album cover i think sucks it's katie lied oh really i hate it i love that insect i love the green color i love the katie yeah, the Katie did. Katie did, I think. The Katie did, I believe. Or perhaps a uh, praying so this, mantis. This album, folks, it's much like Stefan. This album has everything. This album <laughs> has the loss of innocence. This album has drug dealers. This album has caves. This album has condoms. This album has the eagles. Um, this album has divorce and jewelry. Uh and MTV's Dan Cortez. 
This album's got everything. Yeah, everything. The central thread that runs through all the songs, it concerns a narrator's escape from a crime or sin recently committed. And we'll go sin by sin. sin I don't know if the Caves sin. of Altamira is really sinful, but we will find that out. Oh, boy, it's the biggest sin of all. Living underground? That's not what God intended. <laughs> God intended to be us above ground. That's why he created the sun. So the let's start with the title here. They don't, I don't think they say this Caves of Altamira. I don't think that is part of the lyrics. Oh, we're going but, right into the song here. Well, I just wanted to talk about the origin of the name. So yeah, that's fine. the Caves of Altamira, Altamira is a Spanish word, which means high views. It's a cave in Spain, famous for its upper Paleolithic cave paintings and featuring drawings of polychrome rock paintings of wild mammals and human hands. So think uh, classic caveman imagery. Uh, nothing socks, way pre-Zocks, pre, pre but it's art. It's art. Yeah, I agree. It's art. It, I, I mean, we'll get into this album several more times. As mentioned, this is the first one we're discussing on this one. This album is really good, I think. Um, and I don't know that it always gets the love that it deserves in the uh, Steely Dannon, a.k.a. the Steely Dan canon. I will say that I'm guilty of getting rip-roaring drunk at my house, putting in my headphones and playing this album cover to cover uh on most on most weekends and mike is usually the uh yeah usually benefactor of some late night about text. one i'll wake up the following morning and receive a text from ryan you know royal scam is good <laughs> um you ever listen is... to the royal scam yes ryan we host a <laughs> podcast about steely dan i have listened to royal scam it's really good and this is one of the one of the great songs on that album um so I guess we can give it a spin. Uh, so let's let's give this thing a little taste. Let's bless your ears, and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
Boy, I feel good. And I knew that I would after listening to that. That song is so powerful. It's art. <laughs> Retweet. Um, so, Mike, let's start with how Donald Bagan and Walter Becker described this song. Would you like to take us through what they say it's about? Uh, would I ever? All right. So, yes. So, there's there was an interview in which they were asked about this song, and they gave two very different answers. We'll start with Donald's answer. Donald Fagan replies that it's a pretty straightforward story about a guy who visits the caves of Altamira, which have famous drawings by prehistoric men or women, as the case may be, and he registers his astonishment. And Ryan, how did Walter respond to this question? Was it something similar? You think that they'd be on the same page here? Uh, He said, uh, sick. Eh, It's a story about the loss of innocence. I think Walter Becker is the human embodiment of the sickos laughing in the window meme. The the onion sickos man. (laughs) I think that's Walter Becker. I think Walter Becker desires being a sicko laughing in the window, looking at America more than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Some people like to sit back and watch the world burn. And I think Walter Becker is one of them. (laughs) I think you're probably right. Uh, I mean, it goes without saying that this song, from a composition standpoint, it is uh, the harmonic, very complex melodies, uh, but it's radio ready. So it, it's the perfect fusion of complex high jazz theory, but it's got the accessibility that anyone can hear that and say, damn, that thing is freaking awesome. Very horn heavy. Um, and ornamented with Ellington-type flourishes grafted into a rock song. Uh, tossed in a willowy saxophone by none other than John Clemmer in the instrumental break, and you've got an old song that's done up so well, it never gets old with me. But uh, John Clemmer is the credited to the, uh, the saxophone in the song, and uh, John Clemmer is... Are you referring to, of course, the sax god, John Clemmer? John Clemmer himself? Well, let me tell you something about John Clemmer. Uh, he, at one point, developed an innovative solo sax concept that resulted in the landmark recording of Cry, ushering in, thought by many, the new age of music spiritual, which is a genre that was created by John Clemmer, and some now refer to him as the sax god. Do you know his song, Sax God, in which he actually sang on it? Yeah, I think the chorus is beginning to feel like a sax god. All the people from the horns to the back nod. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love that. This is only singing track, and those (laughs) are the only words. The rest of it was just him wailing away on that sax. (laughs) Fucking lit. And then every three minutes or so, he would just come in with that line. Um, this song. What does this song mean to you, Mike? Like before we even get to lyrics, just like from a, you know, kind it, of a listen it, standpoint. I am I am in the the Becker camp on this song. Um, I think it's a nostalgia track. I think it's the two of them. I mean, whoever wrote it, every song is attributed to Becker and Fagan, so it's 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 hard to figure out who wrote what necessarily. I believe this is no exception to that. This, this was attributed to both of them. Um, so I, I tend to agree with the Becker explanation here. That's a loss of innocence. It's, it's got a certain nostalgia feel to it. 
um, talking about the days of old, talking about, <clears throat> um, I mean, and yeah, obviously it's kind of nostalgia for a time that they didn't live, which is a, a weird way, but would you expect anything different from Steely Dan? Yeah. Why, why write a song about your childhood when you can write a song about cavemen? It's a song about man. And it yeah. kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of like a, a romantic, a romantic poem, like uh, something that William Wordsworth or Samuel Taylor Coleridge or perhaps John Keats in Ode to a Grecian Urn, but they're kind of looking back at the accomplishments of mankind oh, yes. and remarking at the boundless inspiration, creativity, and imagination of man. Now, here's something I just thought of. Now, we haven't discussed either of the two. Well, we've, we've mentioned one of them and we're discussing one of them next week. I think Steely Dan at, at various points throughout their songs in a way almost longs for the apocalypse to come. Think, I think that is de- that's fair to think say. Think about that's New thing. Frontier. That's where I was going. You know, the apocalypse planning and being very horny about wanting to fuck a whatever, you know. A, a, a girl that looks like Tuesday Weld. Yeah. <laughs> And asking if she has a steady boyfriend, but then thinking to the last mall, which is about literally the end of the world. And we'll talk about the last mall next week, folks. You'll learn all about that one if you're unfamiliar. And I wonder if this song kind of can, if in a way, those three songs, these three songs could play into a trilogy of planning for the apocalypse, the occurrence of the apocalypse, and now realizing that they're back in the times like way before because of the apocalypse. If you go um, New Frontier, Last Mall into Caves of Altamira, that, as the old expression goes, World War World War Four will be fought with you know sticks and stones, drumsticks. Um, yeah, Colonel Sanders bringing us World War Four. Yeah, there is a there is a Nostradamus. There, it's, there's it's, a Nostradamus it, element of like looking forward and then looking back. Yeah, and I know that's probably me thinking way too much, being a, a dumb guy listening to smart guy. Or, you know, our our classic line about that dumb guy music or smart music for dumb guys. But I think this has a nostalgic feel for a time that they never lived. And maybe it's that little boy aspect of you know you're running around wishing dinosaurs were still around and stuff like that. You know, maybe, maybe I also think there's a kind of like a, an un, an unspoken reference to like Plato's allegory of the cave, which is that. Oh, I just uh, I don't even think it's unspoken. I think it's directly there. Yeah, right. And for the for the listener that's not familiar, essentially, it's a depiction of ignorance where a man is chained to a wall and he sees shadows across him that are being uh, being created by a fire he can't see and shadow objects, but he. Uh, ascends a steep and rugged ascent. And he sees the sunlight and he's blinded by the actual truth, not the shadows he's been seeing. But there's there's definitely a nostalgia here. There's definitely some philosophical underpinnings as and well. In a way, it, in, in, that, in that nostalgia or pining for something that you never had, it reminds me of Nothing But Flowers by Talking Heads, a, a terrific song um in the new wave genre all about how they finally reach eden and realize how much they miss the comforts of modern society very entertaining song very interesting love that song we loved i I can't speak for we or i love talking heads and if we weren't doing a steely dan podcast i'd be doing a talking heads podcast right now they are terrific um so this song is very old inside i mean the song has ancient themes 
but it's also ancient inside of the Steely Dan lore because this is one of the uh, one of the four known. Uh, there are many of them, but this is part of the pre-Dan demo tapes. So this was written between the years of 68 and 72 before Camp Life Thrill when they were in college. And I think that- Leather Canary. Yeah, this is during the Leather Canary era. And I think that, I, th I think that this song was important to them well enough that they wanted to keep it until they could do it correctly and really apply all their faculties toward it. And I think there was a great success in putting this together because it is such a transcendent, yeah, and, powerful song. And we actually have uh, the sounds of what this, the original kind of sounded like. And it's, it's similar, but it's different. Ryan, do you want to play that or do you want to hold that for now? No, let's play that. Let's get into it. So this is when uh, we could potentially enter into the minutia of the Steely Dan fandom. But there folks, is we we really like the music and not the minutia. So I'm so going to give like you some of the minutia. That's not fair. I'm going to give you the cliff notes of this because it could be a really long dark hole. But essentially, um, there is a album out there which is a bunch of a bunch of sounds that were left on the cutting room floor on uh, the beginning times of Steely Dan that some rogue engineer mm -hmm. got a hold of and released probably without permission. Um, obviously, Becker and Fagan were such perfectionists. There was a lot of sounds and songs that they scrapped over time. So the original of the song, it's tough to say if this is the original or just an original take. It's called Android Warehouse, which is a complex and perplexing name of it. But I will play you uh, an excerpt from Android Warehouse, which was one of the first recordings of the song. And in the recording, there is a verse that we will listen to critically right now and kind of break down. But this is the original recording of Caves of Altamira under the title of Android Warehouse. And this is a verse that was scrapped from the Royal Scam rendition. So here is a taste of this. It was written between 68 and 72, back in the pre-Dan era. And uh, let us know what you think. Many years have come and gone, and many miles between. Through it all, I found my way by the light of what I've seen. On the road as I returned was a green and yellow sign. Saying, see the way it used to be, and I took my place in line. Could I believe the sad design could be the very same? A woolly man without a face and a beast without a name. Nothing here but history, can you see what has been done? over me, now I step into the sun. Twas before the fall, when they wrote it on the wall, when there wasn't even any Hollywood, they heard the call, and they wrote it on the wall, for you and me, we understood. I think we're good. So <laughs> there's that. There's that. Obviously, no polish on that whatsoever. Uh, and I think they made the right choice. Yes, I think that the was horns add so much to this song. So, um, should we, should we dive into the lyrics here? Let us. All right. Let us. 
I'm going to combine verses one and two. Pipe in if you need to. Go ahead. I recall when I was small how I spent my days alone. The busy world was not for me, so I went and found my own. I would climb the garden wall with a candle in my hand and hide inside this hall of rock and saint. On the stone, an ancient hand in a faded yellow-green made alive a worldly wonder, often but never seen. Now and ever, bound to labor on the sea and sky and in the sky, every man a beast appeared as a friend, as real as I. I mean, before you get to the chorus there, the strict meter and the density of the words that they're using, I mean, it is... You know, so it's it's worthy of a real you know poetry. You could just put that and print that right. out, and you'd say, "Wow, what a wonderful poem!" So it, unbelievable me, it's, lyricism. It's, it's reminiscent of Ozymandias by Shelley. Very um, good. Yes, I know. My intel- This is a very intellectual episode for us. This is we need to. I think we need to dial the circle jerk meter up a little bit, but we'll do that <laughs> towards the end. Don't you worry, folks. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. The lone and level sands stretch far away. I met a traveler from an antique land. That's the only line I know. Up until look upon my works, he royal in despair. Um, I this is. I think he's. We were discussing this before we started recording. Um, I think he's discussing the Garden of Eden, or not the either the Garden of Eden or the Hanging Gardens of Babylon here. Um, I I think the more I listen to it, the more I think it's Babylon. Um. You know, uh, I would climb the garden wall. Obviously, it's a garden. And then um, made alive a worldly wonder, often told but never seen. It's a world wonder. And, you know, the gardens about Hang Gardens of Babylon were a world, an ancient wonder that were, you know, been often told about but never seen. Faded yellow green, it's a garden. So, you know, just an interesting thought there. I think it's all, but again, it goes back into that nostalgia for a time not lived. A timelessness, though. A timelessness. Yeah, correct. Of Nostalgia of might not be the right word. Yeah, that sh- it's kind of tapping into that shared world collective consciousness. Right. Yes. That that thing that we all know we come from the same, however many people, eventually down the line. Um, all right. So the chorus. Go ahead. Before the fall, when they wrote it on the wall, when there wasn't even any Hollywood, they heard the call and they wrote it on the wall for you and me. We understood. So purposefully cryptic, but open-ended to insert kind yeah. of your own meaning. And, and I think going back to what we were discussing earlier with the fall, the, the fall could be so it could be the fall of so many things. And I, I actually think it's very interesting that he specifically mentions that there wasn't even any Hollywood, because I mean, a lot of people talk about the fall of Hollywood in the you know from the late 40s and 50s the golden age of Hollywood, the Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers era of Hollywood. So it's, it could be the fall of so many things from, you know, the fall of the early ancient civilizations of Sumeria and ancient Persia and Greece to the fall of Rome. Or it could perhaps, be the, the biblical fall of, of that apple being plucked out of the garden of Eden or, or perhaps trying to predict the fall of the American empire. We know before there wasn't even an American empire you know something like that yeah absolutely i'd like to just take a moment to insert that that unreleased verse we just heard from the original android warehouse the lyrics are many years had come and gone and many miles between through it all i found my way by the light of what i'd seen 
on the road as I returned was a green and yellow sign saying, see the way it used to be. And I took my place in line. And then they'd follow that up immediately with the first three that we know. Which is? Can it be a sad design? Could it be the very same? A woolly man without a face and a beast without a name. Nothing here but history. Can you see what has been done? Memory rushes over me. Now I step into the sun. It's it's interesting to me that in a way it's it, that last line especially. It's him coming out of the cave and realizing all that's been lost. The truth with a capital T. So it is a beautiful, beautiful lyricism. I would dare to say of all the songs we've gone through, I am most impressed with these. And I mean, even just thinking forward from here, I think this is one of their best songs lyrically. Absolutely. So it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and it's dense. It's very dense. So I think that I'm going to transition here. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the lyrics? I mean, they, there's more questions that I have answers kind I mean, of going through these. We, it's so we could good. talk about this song for hours and hours and hours, and maybe we will one day. Uh, but today's not that day. So let's let's keep the people wanting more. Why don't we move on, Ryan? What do you want? Okay. Okay. I have two things. Sure. Uh, one is terrible. One is very good. The first is the recurring segment of who sampled. <laughs> There's the song by Cool AD and Casa Overall. Um, this song, I don't even know where you can access it. I think you can get it on like Bandcamp, but here is a snippet of one of the worst, worst renditions of a good song I've ever heard. Here we go. What the fuck? <laughs> no, just wait till the lyrics. Okay, well, I think he's the shit. I don't know. <laughs> that is an abomination before it's, God. It's funny because I actually, I agree with you. That's pretty rough, especially his lyrics. I thought, though, that just like the whole, when they were using the horn part on repeat with the drums, I thought that was actually kind of sick. I think that fucking sucked. Like they had that. The lyrics were bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. But just using the horns on repeat with a little bit of a heavy drum beat, I thought that was pretty sweet. That would be like going up to a going up to a fruit bouquet and just eating the green melon. Like you just took the worst parts of that soundscape and mashed them all together. Terrible. Now, what, what did cantaloupe ever do to you? I don't know. I just never, never for me. Um, a woolly fruit without a name, perhaps. Kiwi. Um, so that our, that's our sponsor today, isn't it? 
I believe it is. Go for it. Folks, that's right. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Kiwis. We're talking about all types of Kiwis, not just the hairy fruit with a name. We're also talking about New Zealand Kiwi Association of America has sponsored today's episode. All things falling, and that includes Kiwis falling off of their delicious trees, folks. Have you ever wished that you had a soft yet green and kind of hairy fruit? How often do you eat a strawberry and you say, wow, I wish this was furrier? You know, <laughs> happens to me all the time, and I, I really do wish that sometimes that my fruits were woolier, warmer, <laughs> and, you know, but that's nothing here but history, or at least it was nothing here but history until I found out about kiwis. Kiwis, folks, they're delicious. They're a good source of, I'm sure, several vitamins, some minerals, and hair. If you like hair, they're <laughs> definitely a good source of hair. So, folks, head on out to your local Acme Grocery Marts. Pick up 18 kiwis, and they're going to give you 1% off your total purchase. Just as long as you mention time out of promo code time out of mind, Donald Fagan, beast without a name, one. You have to spell it for them, and several of those letters might have been replaced by numbers, and we're not at liberty to discuss which ones. But just remember, folks, kiwis, the furry fruit with a name. Speaking of, uh, thank you, thank you, Kiwi Association of America. Now I'm going to go from. I'm going to go from a, a terrible song to a great ad to now a wonderful rendition of the song. I think it came out in the 80s. We'll say 1988. I don't know if that's correct. There was a group named Perry, P-E-R-R-I, and it was Four Soulful Sisters. And they, uh, they have a rendition of the song. I'll play right now and you let me know what you think. I can tell you what, knowing what I know about Donald Fagan and who he chooses for his Danettes, he definitely fucking loves that cover. Oh, big time. He loves that cover. And I love that cover. I think I that too. Was I think it's really, really fun. Cover. It's one of the better covers of a song we've heard so far. That was really fun. Really fun. So, um, great fucking stuff. So we've gone through most of it here. Shall we move to our segments unless there's anything else you'd like to of course we on. shall move on to our segments. It is time for our segment number one, the segment that is now officially named because we requested a theme song for it, officially named Ryan's Reddit Ranking Review. 
Ryan, as you know, at some point in the past, before the fall, when they wrote it on the wall, well, what if this song is about the fall of Facebook? Before oh the my fall, god. When they wrote it on your wall. Oh my god. Zuck? Zuck, come on the pot. <laughs> uh Sometime, as you know, before the fall, the users of the Steely Dan subreddit ranked every Steely Dan song from 1 to 84, 1 being the best, 84 being Dallas. Where do you think this song, The Caves of Altamira, ranks among those? I think that this is number 10. I think this is a top 10 song of Steely Dan. Ryan, you're wrong. This isn't just a top 10 song. This is a top five song. Really? This is number five. Really? Number five with a bullet. Wow. And I can't necessarily say I disagree. I think this is among the best that we've done so far. If not the absolute best we've done so far. Well, we're just about to have to find out in um, two segments from now. Shall we play the live game? We can indeed play the live game. And Ryan, we're going to play the live game right now. You all know how the live game works right now. I'm going to give Ryan three songs, one of which is played more often than our friend The Caves of Altamira, and one of which is played less often than The Caves of Altamira. Ryan, those songs today for you are Any Major Dude Will Tell You and Haitian Divorce. Wow. Um I'm going to say on the over, Haitian divorce, and on the under, any major dude. You are correct. Well done. Yes. Very good. Caves of Altamira 66 times live, tied for 52nd with Gaucho and IGY. What a beautiful trio that would be. What a wonderful time to be free. What a wonderful time to be free. So I'm a little nervous about this ranking. But Hey 19? Hey 19. Let's move toward it. Do you think one of us is going to go somewhere that we have not gone before? Yeah, I think so. All right, Ryan, let's introduce the segment before we talk about it. This segment is, of course, Hey 19, in which we are going to rank every song on a scale of 1 to 19, with 1 being a pill in Ibiza and 19 being the Caves of Altamira. Or uh, a beast without a name. To a beast with a name, perhaps. <laughs> to a kiwi. To a kiwi. To a kiwi. Plug for kiwis again. Would you like to go you first or second here? extra for that one. Are you going to go first or second here? Uh, I kind of want to make you go first, but I'll All go right. first. I'm... You can go for it. You sound like you're ready. All right. I'm very nervous because there's a lot at stake here. I might come to regret this, but I'm going to give this a very conservative score of an 18 hay 18 hays that's what i'm going with too we're in agreement here and i I don't know if that's because we're both afraid because we haven't made a plan as to what happens when we hit a 19er i just know we can only give out three of them and there's so much i love and we're too Um, early but but this one is close to being worth it it's a really cool song the music really is great the lyrics give so much to what we love about Steely Dan. That smart guy music for dumb guys. This is the smartest one we've tackled. 
This is the steeliest of Dan's that we've done so far. This is truly not only a steely Dan masterpiece, but I think a musical masterpiece. Yeah, I it agree. Is, it gets full marks from me, and I think it is an extraordinary piece of work. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that is our highest average ranked song by far now, and it is the second and third 18 given out, following my 18 to Bad Sneakers. I still love Bad Sneakers. Wow. Hard to pick between the two of them. How can you? All right. So what folks, a great, what a great song. What a great you, tune. You're all so lucky to hear us talk about this song. And we're lucky to talk about it. So, folks, your challenge for next week's episode. <laughs> go to the last shopping mall you've ever been in, start an apocalypse, and take a picture of yourself listening to this episode. And we will Venmo you one. One dude dollar because I'm one Heinz dollar because I'm assuming you're starting the Heinzian cult and you're starting the apocalypse in our friend Will Heinz's name. We will we will send you one Heinz buck. The grand facilitator. Grand facilitator will be very pleased with your actions. So, folks, until next time, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram on Twitter at Steely Dan Pod on Instagram at Time Out of Mind Pod. You can email us any thoughts that you may have at Time Out of Mind Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and until next time, remember that the silver may turn to gold. And this has been Time Out of Mind. They got the Steely Dan Podcast.